Welcome to the podcast of New Life Church. We hope that the messages, topics, and discussions that you find here will encourage and challenge you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I want to share this thought with you today. We're going to read from John chapter 11, starting at verse 38. Read down through verse 44. And uh, let the word of God speak to us. Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin Jesus saith unto them loose him and let him go Uh, from this passage I want to speak to you today from this subject the invitation the invitation let's pray and ask God to minister how he desires today father we thank you for your word and this opportunity to be here together we do not take it lightly We do not take it for granted. And God, I'm asking right now that as your word goes forth, that it would be like a two-edged sword and pierce right to the matter, right to the heart of the matter in each person's life. And God, I pray that your spirit would breathe new life into each person here today. Let us respond and open ourselves up to what you desire to do. Anything that would try to stop what you want to do, we bind it in Jesus' name. We bring this service under the authority of the name of Jesus and the Spirit of God right now. Let there be faith and revelation, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. He was brought to the edge of this valley, and he had experienced a supernatural visitation of God himself. And as he looked out over this valley, uh, what he saw uh, looked hopeless. What he saw with his eyes looked as if it was all over. And God asks Ezekiel this question as he's looking out over this valley that is filled with bones that are scattered across the valley, and he asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? God took Ezekiel to a large graveyard, if you will, and uh, as he's looking over this, he asks this question, can these bones live? These bones are uh, scattered, and thousands upon thousands of people are, are dead, and God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live again? Ezekiel did not say yes or no. He simply responded and said, Lord, you know. Why? Because humans struggle with death. No matter if you are a part of the church or not a part of the church, all people 
struggle with death. We have this part of us that when death takes place, there's a part of us that thinks it's final. We think death means we're done. And sometimes we who are a part of the church would say we have hope with Jesus, but yet there's still this part of us that feels the pain and the separation of death. And there's this uncertainty to us who have not experienced death. And we don't know what's on the other side, even though we believe what's on the other side. We even haven't experienced it for ourselves. So when someone passes, there's that separation. There's that feeling that it's done. And uh, in, in this story, uh, Martha and Mary, uh, the, the two sisters of Lazarus, are dealing with this. And Martha comes to Jesus and says, Lord, if you'd have only been here four days, you could have healed him. She believed that Jesus could have healed Lazarus. But now that he's dead, that means it's done. And Jesus intentionally waited four days so that he could show people there is more to Jesus than what we think. There is, in, in other words, you have to have a need for Jesus to be able to meet that need. And so if you're going to know Jesus as a healer, you first have to be sick. You first have to have something in your body that is uh, creating an illness or a sickness or a pain or suffering before Jesus can show you that he is a healer. If Jesus is going to deliver somebody, there has to be something in their life that they cannot fix on their own. There has to be a problem in their life, a, a situation, an issue, an addiction, that they don't have the power and the ability in and of themselves to overcome it. And then Jesus steps onto the scene and reveals himself to that person as a deliverer. Martha is struggling with this thought, this understanding. But Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. Jesus says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He asks Mary, do you believe this? Do we believe this? If we truly believed this, there is an element of expectation that we must have. That Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He can create you. He can cause life. But if something dies, he also has the ability to raise it up again. Meaning, death with Jesus doesn't matter. When Jesus enters a situation, it doesn't matter the circumstance. It doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter how you feel. When Jesus walks into the situation, the answer that is needed for the solution has just arrived. You fill in the blank and Jesus is the answer. You come up with the issue. You come up with the insurmountable problem. And Jesus, every time, is the one who can meet that need. He can raise you physically. He can raise any person that has died in their body physically. Raise them back to life. 
It, it still happens today. People still are raised from the dead by the power of the name of Jesus Christ because all power in heaven and in earth belongs to Jesus. All power is in his name. So no matter what the situation, the name of Jesus has the power to meet that need. And he can raise people physically, but he can also raise us spiritually. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 tells us that uh, you, he's, Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus, talking to people that have been born again of the water and of the spirit. They've been uh, reborn into newness of life. And Paul says, you hath he quickened, which means made alive. He has made you alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. They were dead spiritually, but now in Jesus, he has made them alive. If you today have been born again of water and spirit, baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the spirit of God, God has made you alive. You were dead, but now you're alive, and it's still through the power of Jesus Christ. John 3 talks about this. Romans 6 says we are buried with him in baptism unto death. So just like Jesus was buried in the tomb, we identify with that burial that we have died out to our old life by being immersed in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And just like Jesus was buried but he rose again, we have a promise that when we are buried in the name of Jesus in water baptism, we will come out into newness of life and the Spirit of God will raise us up just like the Spirit of God raised the man Jesus Christ up. So there is no death, physical or spiritual, that is greater than the name of Jesus. And if death cannot overcome Jesus, no matter what you walked in here today with, dealing with, battling, the burden you may have been carrying, the uh, discouragement or the weight that you may have walked in here with, you do not have to walk out of here today with what you came in here with because Jesus has the power to meet your need. We know that sin equals death, scripture tells us. Darkness equals death When in this sense of how it's talking. We were in darkness, but we saw a great light, and we were brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. We, we understand the symbolism. Sin equals death. Darkness is associated with death and sin in scripture. In Psalms chapter 119, I believe verse 130 it says, at the entrance of thy word, it giveth light. We understand that this is true because in the very first chapter of Genesis, God said, let there be light and there was light. But the sun was not created until day four. So what, was, what gave light? Those first couple of days, it was the word of God. God spoke and said, let this take place, and it happened instantly. That is the power of the word of God. That is the power that when God determines he's going to do something and he speaks, it must take place. Which means that if God has determined that something is going to take place in this city, in your family, in this church, and he has determined it's going to happen... It is going to happen. It doesn't matter how it looks right now. It doesn't matter how it feels right now. It doesn't matter if it feels like we've been in the grave for four days. God has purposed and God has determined and God has spoken and it is going to come to pass. 
So we go back to this story with Lazarus. And Jesus intentionally waited four days so that Lazarus could die, so that he could show those people he is the resurrection. But you cannot know God as the one who can resurrect you until you die. And so uh, we, we, we see here in this story that Jesus says it's time. And he goes to the place where Lazarus is dead. And he says, take away the stone. The thing that is, that is uh, separating uh, Jesus from Lazarus. To remove the obstacle. Remove the thing that has uh, separated and is creating this opposition in, in Lazarus's uh, condition here. Uh, you today have come here and you may have a stone separating you from what Jesus wants to do. In other words, you may have walls up. You may have come here, but you may have walls up. And the first thing Jesus wants to do before he can do anything else is he wants that obstacle removed so he can begin to speak into your situation that may seem dead and may seem hopeless, but he needs the obstacle removed. He needs the wall to come down. He needs your spirit to open up so that he can speak his word into your spirit and the situation change. So take away the stone. And then Jesus said in verse 40, said I not unto thee that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Believe. If you would simply believe, you will see. If you simply believe, will believe you will see belief is not I believe but what if no belief is I believe despite I believe God is going to move in my family despite the condition they're in right now. I believe God is going to save my loved one. I believe God is going to save my spouse despite how it looks right now. Hold on to what you believe. Hold on to the promise God has given you despite how it feels, despite how it looks, despite what you have been through up to this point. Jesus is still on the throne. Jesus is still in control. His name is greater and his power has the ability to turn your life, turn your family around. And so we simply need to believe. There's this, there's a, there's a whole nother message about this, but I'm going to touch on it for a moment. Faith is visible. The, uh, the, the uh, paralyzed man in the Gospels that we read about that Jesus healed, his friends had to carry him to where Jesus was. They tore the roof off of the house and they lowered him through. And the Bible specifically says, when Jesus saw their faith... Meaning, if you believe, you're going to take action. You cannot believe and not take action. If you believe that God is going to do something in your life, whatever need it is, then show your faith by praise. Show your faith by worship. Start taking a step towards what you know God is calling you to. If you believe God's going to heal your body, start praising him and worshiping him until he does. These people... You see, you see, they, Jesus didn't even invite them. 
Jesus didn't even ask for them to come. He's doing what he's doing. He's preaching and ministering to these people and these others hear that Jesus can heal and they have faith that he can and they couldn't fit through the front door. But they didn't take that as a sign that it's not the will of God. They found another way in. They made a way. We say that Jesus is a way maker, and he is. But sometimes, if you're desperate enough, you're going to make your own way to get to him. doesn't matter who you need to push past. doesn't matter how you need to get there. But you're going to find a way to get to Jesus if you're desperate enough. And so, faith is visible. It means that if you truly believe, you're going to take action. You're going to do something. You're going to do whatever you need to do to get to Jesus. And Jesus said that if we believe, we'll see the glory of God. Verse 43, then, the stone has been removed, the obstacle has been removed, and there is nothing between Jesus and Lazarus. And Jesus speaks the word, and it enters that tomb. It enters that, that house of death, that place that is holding this lifeless body where people on the outside think, think it's over. Lazarus stinks. He's starting to decay. It's over. He's been dead four days. And Jesus speaks the word and he declares, Lazarus, come forth. Three words and everything changed. Three words and what was dead is now alive. Verse 44 It says, he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. He that was dead came forth. The invitation to you today, the invitation to all of us today is no matter what situation you're in, no matter what the condition of your soul is in today, if you will allow the obstacles to be removed and let the word of God speak to you where you are, Jesus is calling all of us into a new level of living. Jesus is calling some of you to come out of that grave and step into the life he's calling you to. But we have to respond to what Jesus said. He that was dead came forth. It it wasn't this long process, this battle between life and death. It just happened. Jesus spoke and it happened. The problem is, is, is that uh, there was still more to come. But what we see in this, this statement that applies to each one of us today is that Jesus called Lazarus by name and said, come forth. There is this layer of the fact that, yes, we know Jesus can raise us from the dead. We know that Jesus saves. But Jesus doesn't stop with you once you've been born again of the water and spirit. And you've been born into the kingdom of God and he leaves you alone. No, there's, this, there's these constant layers, these levels that God is dealing with people about. He's wanting each person to continually grow in him. And if we are complacent, we're dead. That's the bottom line. If we're not growing in God, then we're dead. That's, that's all it means. If you're not growing in God, you're spiritually dormant. 
You're in a spiritual coma, if you will, if you are not continually growing in God. If there's not a part of you that has this hunger to continually reach for God, to know more of him, to know him better and better each day, there is something in your spirit that you need God to resurrect you from and bring you up and out of. And so when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, he was calling Lazarus to come forward. Step out of death and into life. Step out of that grave and into the place I'm calling you to. So this applies to each person today, no matter what condition you're in, no matter what experiences you've had, no matter what you've walked in here today carrying in your spirit. Jesus is calling each person today, come forth, come out out of what's holding you back and step into my purpose. Call out, come out of your doubt and step in to your destiny. Stop uh, struggling to believe in me and believe I can do all things. Believe I can do anything through your life. The problem is this. They went to the tomb. They removed the obstacle. But nothing would have changed if Jesus wouldn't have spoken. The problem with live people is that their will can determine whether or not they receive. But the good thing about dead people is they have to do whatever Jesus says. Lazarus was dead. Jesus spoke. Lazarus had no choice but to respond. But us today, we may be dead or dormant in a spiritual sense but we're still very much alive physically and so we have the ability to determine whether or not we respond to the call that Jesus sends forth and Lazarus has been resurrected from the dead and that's good but it didn't stop there and it can't stop with us he that was dead came forth but he was bound Lazarus was alive, but he was bound. He was bound hand and foot with grave clothes, the identity of death. He was bound with a napkin, and Jesus said unto them, loose him and let him go. My question to you today is maybe you've been made alive by the new birth, but maybe you're still bound in some grave clothes. Maybe there's some identifiers of death that have attached themselves to you today in your mind or in your spirit. And you may be born again. You may be in the church. You may have been baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. But there's some things in your mind and in your spirit that have you bound, that have you locked up. And even though you're walking around alive, you're still wearing grave clothes. You're still ha having something on you that identifies you with the tomb. You still have something on you that identifies you with where you came from. Jesus did not say, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus comes out of the tomb and Jesus says, you look good. Bye. No, he said, loose him. Loose him and let him go. And I've come today to tell each person here, you may have been born again, good. But Jesus wants to loose you of depression. Jesus wants to loose you of complacency. Jesus wants to stir your spirit until what is holding you back from his calling and his promise has been broken in your life. 
But there has to be a response that when the word of God goes forth and he's wanting to reach you where you are in your situation, in your need, that you respond. And that is the invitation. The invitation is gone out to each person. Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the waters of life freely. Let him experience what I have prepared for him. Jesus has, has prepared a new life for each person here. And it isn't just consisting of you've now been resurrected spiritually. Jesus wants to resurrect you. And Jesus also wants to get those grave clothes off. Jesus wants to get that old mind mindset out of you, get that old uh, heart out of you, and put something in you that puts you into the place he's called you to. But you have to respond. It's not good enough to be alive, but still bound. It's not good enough to just come to church, but still have problems. It's not good enough to just be a part of a group of people, but have no change on the inside. Jesus wants to change your perspective. He's wanting to use you to reach others. And it's hard to do it when you're still dressed in grave clothes. But you have to respond to what God wants to do in your life. You have to respond to what Jesus is calling you to. Old hurts, old habits, old experiences that still have its claws dug into your back trying to keep you back. An old lifestyle that some tries, tries to, to rear its, its head and, and try to hold you back. Jesus wants to break all of that off of everybody because he is the resurrection and the life. He can raise you up, but he also wants you to walk into newness of life. And it's hard to walk into newness of life when you're carrying the old life with you. Doubt, fear, depression, anxiety, worry, lust, bitterness, anger, hatred. None of that belongs in the heart of a child of God. Those are all old grave clothes. Complacency, skepticism, worry, fear, all of that. Jesus wants to take all of that off of us so that we can by faith believe and see the promise clearly. And we're never going to step into the promise until we first get rid of our past. You cannot step into the promise of God until God has removed your past. And we today need to understand that's where we are. That's where we are. God has brought us this far by his grace and mercy, but he's wanting to show himself strong. He's wanting to demonstrate his power, and we have to make sure we're positioned for the promise. And we cannot be positioned by the, for the promise of God when our mind is still consumed with our past. God is trying to take the children of Israel into the promised land. And somewhere in the wilderness, they were like, I wish I was in Egypt. Things were just much easier back then. Those people did not step into the promised land. There was a generation that did not step into the promised land. And the book of Hebrews tells us the reason why they did not step into that promised land is because of unbelief. You don't have to be perfect, but you do need to believe. You don't have to have it all together today, but you do need to believe what I'm telling you. You do need to believe the word of God because if you believe the word of God, you will take action towards it. You'll let it put a, a step in you that takes you towards what God is calling you to. And we will not step into the promise until we first have been delivered of our past. Old thinking 
old thinking, not just as in what we would call worldly thinking, the mindset of the world, but we've got to break off perhaps some, some traditions that have been uh, established in our minds simply because that's how time does things. We've got to begin to understand and set our mind and our attention on what God has called us to. This is the invitation that Jesus has given to each person. This is the invitation that Jesus has sent forth and he's calling each of us into this place. And we cannot, we will not. It's impossible to move forward if we do not respond to the word of God. Lazarus, because Lazarus responded. Once again, Lazarus was made alive. That was easy. Take the grave clothes off. What if Lazarus said, no, I want to keep these? That's not natural. That's not what God wants to do. And the hardest thing to transform in a child of God's life is their thinking. And it's not just about, oh, I don't do anything wrong anymore. It's not all about that. There's another part to it. Everything in this book, do you believe it? Everything in this book is available to you. Do you believe it? So if God has been dealing with you, if God has been speaking to you into your tomb of whatever it may be, call your tomb fear, call your tomb discouragement, call your tomb, uh, list any habit or sin that you know you shouldn't be doing, that you shouldn't be involved in, call your tomb whatever you want it. But you know Jesus has been speaking to you and dealing with you about it. You know, perhaps some of you, Jesus has been dealing with you about being more involved, stepping into a new level of ministry or reaching others, becoming more involved in prayer, praying for our city at another level. Whatever it is that Jesus is dealing with you about, don't wait another day. Respond to it today. If Jesus has been dealing with you about building an altar and giving something to him, give it to him. If he's been dealing with you about baptism, respond to it and yield to the voice of God. If God has been dealing with you about any situation, you need to respond to it. Because that's where you come to life. And there's no point in taking off the grave clothes if you're not coming out of the tomb. So today... This is the power, the mercy, the grace, and the love of God sending an invitation to saying, I have more for you. Will you believe my voice? So, my question to you today is, do you believe Jesus when he tells us he has more for us, more for you, more for your family, more for your children, more for you, your ministry, your involvement in the kingdom of God. Jesus is not done with anybody. Jesus has not turned his back on anybody. He sent an invitation. Come out of that thing that's holding you back and come out of those identifiers of your past and step into what I have for you because I am the resurrection and the life and there is nothing too hard for me. There is nothing too great for me. I'm calling you 
forward. I'm calling you forward. If you believe that today, whatever it is, could, you, could we stand and would you respond to this word through prayer? Would you write where you are with your hands lifted? Would you begin to pray to God and let the spirit of God deal with you about where you are? Father, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that your spirit would begin to minister to each person. God, I pray that you would uh, convict the heart, that you would speak to us in our mind, O oh God, and deal with us about where we are and call us out into what you have for us, God. I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would move in the lives of people. God, that we would respond to your word, that we would begin to step out of who we used to be, who we have been, into who you want us to be, I pray. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray and ask right now that your spirit would begin to move, minister in your house.